Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Pod Jerky. I am your host, Director Awesome, joined today by Mrs. Awesome. Uh, now, just a little bit of housekeeping before we get started. Uh, our regular co-host, um, the new girl, uh, is going through some personal stuff right now. So we are having Mrs. Awesome fill in on the interim. Uh, we wish uh, the new girl to be back uh, fairly quickly. Uh, hope she's doing okay. Um, but Mrs. Awesome will be filling in right now uh, for the time being uh, as we get some episodes up for you guys to listen to. So welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about a documentary that we just watched on Netflix. And uh, it was a, nep- uh, a documentary that we actually saw, you know, a couple of times while we were going through the list on Netflix and kind of just passed it and then said, mm, we'll come back to it and watch it. And, you know, the other night we were bored and said, you know, let's see what's on here. And we came back to this one and said, hey, didn't we say we were going to watch this? And we ended up starting to watch it. And it is called The Most Hated Man on the Internet. Now, just to give you a little bit of a background, um, usually I do not like to do episodes like this based on drawing attention to uh, douchebags like this. Um, because that gives them the, the press that they want. And that's exactly what they're looking for. And this is why they're relevant. It's the same reason why I don't like to talk about the Kardashians, because, you know, they just don't deserve their relevancy in, in my world. So um, we are going to do this episode just because this guy is a total douchebag. And the documentary was pretty interesting. Um, so a little bit of a background on this, this guy. His name is Hunter Moore. And he started what was called revenge porn. And he titled himself a, pro- a professional life ruiner. Um, now, what happened was, is he started up this website and he would get people to submit photos of nude girls, either if it was like an ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, they were submitting all of these photos to this website and he would post them up there for people to see. Uh, apparently, he was making lots of money doing it. Um, and it was just something that was like a head scratcher. We were just like, how is this happening? Uh, the website was called as anyone up.com. It no longer exists. Uh, we'll get yeah. into, yeah, we'll get into why and how that happened. Um, but what were your thoughts on this documentary? He, uh, he's just such a sleaze bag. And the worst part about it is he admits, it. yeah, you know, like he just, he really victimized people. Um, and really exploited these people and we'll get into kind of how and why but it's uh probably I mean as everybody says once it's up on the internet it's up on the internet like you can't really you can't really take that down so um yeah he was just a sleaze bag yeah yeah for sure and the the documentary and naive too like yeah. that, that's the yeah. thing he was what well, 20 21 22 I, no I think he was it? I think he was 26 oh. yeah so, I mean, the documentary focused mainly, mainly on Kayla Laws, which is uh, one of the main people who was up on the website. Uh, apparently, she had taken a photo of herself uh, in the privacy of her own bedroom. And somehow that photo ended up on isanyoneup.com. Uh, she had not sent it to anybody uh, that she said um, during the documentary. Herself. Yeah, it was just right. herself. So what, it, yeah. This is probably prior to the cloud existing um, back then where you didn't really have anywhere to upload it to. So she emailed it to herself so she could clear her phone so that she could have more storage. That's sort of what her backstory was. Right. And then we get involved with the mother as well, Charlotte Laws. Um, she's responsible for getting this whole story to mainstream attention mm-hmm. and to the FBI. 
Uh, I kind of had my doubts about her at first because she yeah. actually wrote a book about how normal people could get in touch with celebrities and how they could go to like red carpet events and con their way into stuff like this because she really wasn't someone that was, you know, mainstream. She, she did a little uh, bit of acting here and there, um, but she wasn't, you know, considered a star by any means. And she got her way into these big events with celebrities and she, she wrote this book about it. And, and I sat there on the couch while we were watching it. And I said to myself, I was like, I don't know if I trust this woman because mm -hmm. she had conned her way into doing things. Let's see where this story goes. Yeah. And it turns out she's kind of, I wouldn't say quite the hero, but she is definitely plays a huge role in sort of bringing him to justice, I guess. Um, she put in the work. She put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she she put definitely in the work. put in the work. Now, uh, this guy, Hunter Moore, you know, throughout the, the documentary, by the end of the documentary, you find out that he had agreed to appear on the show to give his side of the story, uh, but then backed out of it and, and didn't want to talk about it anymore. Um, but, you know, he he was one of these guys that you would see at parties all the time. He was throwing away money. People were, you know, just enamored by this guy. Uh, they worshipped him like you could see the Twitter posts that were going up. Um, some of them were saying that he's a God, he's our father, he, yeah. you know, all of this stuff. And, and we're thinking to ourselves, like, what is happening? Because, you know, why are people so drawn to this guy? What is it about him that is drawing people to this guy? And I think it was more of the kiss my ass attitude. He didn't care. He didn't think that there were consequences, you know, uh, nothing, you know, phased him. So uh, I think that's what drew people to him. Uh, again, I'm not sure why I wouldn't have been drawn to somebody like that. Um, but, you know, to each their own. Maybe as a late teen, early 20, it might have been, right? When you, when most of us at that age probably think we're invincible. We might have been drawn to it back then. At our age now, we've wised up a little bit. So, you know, we view him as a total douchebag based on what he did. Um, but this happened back in, what, like 2011, 2012? Like it was 10 plus years ago, I guess, that this would have, that yeah. this would have happened, right? Yeah. So the age of the internet was a little bit different back then. Um, and they flat out said in the documentary or the FBI agent at least said in the documentary, there was no laws back then. I don't even know if there's good laws now. Well, well, his story against. His, well, his story is he's doing nothing wrong. And, and that, that was my conclusion. Illegal. He's not doing he's anything, not doing anything illegal, illegal. Um, because he's, he's protected by the same laws that Facebook is protected by. Because if you think right. about it, if you post a picture online with your friends in it, do you ever have their permission to actually post that photo? You really don't. So you just post that photo with your friends in it. You tag them. Everyone's like, hey, thumbs up. You know, I like it or love it, whatever it is. Um, nobody ever tells you to take it down, but they you, you have that right to post that photo because you own that photo. He right. was doing the same thing while well, saying that he was doing the same thing yeah. because people were uploading it because they had possession of that photo. They were uploading it to his site. So legally, by from a legal standpoint, he was doing absolutely nothing wrong. Right. Um, morally, he was a total douchebag. Now, sure. I, I know people, you know, try to do anything that they can to make whatever kind of money they can um, to each their own, like they're trying to, to make themselves a, a fortune by doing things. Uh, morally, again, this was just totally wrong. Yes. Yeah. And then, 
you know, like the website had an option to submit, to take the photo down. Like there was a request to, in there. So following all appropriate rules and everything. And then when the people put in their request to have the photo removed, he wouldn't, and then would basically just laugh in their face. Um, and it was like a good couple of year battle um, for some of these people. And as the documentary goes on, you come to realize how he was actually obtaining some of these photos, um, which kind of leads to sort of how, how he got his in the end. Yeah. Um, we're also introduced in this documentary to uh, a Destiny Benedict. Um, she goes by the name of Butthole Girl. Yeah. Um, she ended up posting a photo of herself sticking things up her butt. It got posted on his website. Uh, and then she starts with the tears, the waterworks, um, because on the website, there's a photo that is linked to her Facebook page. And on the Facebook page, her kids are in it. Um, she wasn't happy about that. But she continued to post photos on Is Anyone Up based on trying to get her 15 minutes of fame. Um, she was a real interesting character. I didn't have any sympathy for her whatsoever. So. It was a case of bad and poor decisions by a young person who is easily influenced is what is how I could sum her up. And, you know, as a result of all of this, she had her kids taken away, right? CAS or whatever it is in the U.S. So um, she had three of her six kids taken from her. It's six kids. Oh, my God. She has six kids. I clearly yes. missed that part. Um, you know, and so then part of it was she was promised money. Um, if she kept doing these things, she would get paid. Um, and she's like, well, if this is going to make me famous and get me, you know, recognition, then I can earn money from it, then I can afford to get my kids back. So it was unfortunate, bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, um, that kind of led to this poor girl's fate. And it felt like she was very easily manipulated by him because, you know, there were web chats on his YouTube channel between the two of them you know, where he basically was like getting her to do some of this stuff live um, on his YouTube channel. Right. And, you know, being the manipulator that he was, was, you know, kind of promising her things that he was clearly never going to deliver on. Um, yeah. So I have sympathy from her, for her, from the fact that she got taken advantage of, and she wasn't, I hate to say smart enough, but smart enough to realize she manipulated. Well, what's the saying, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, yeah. you know, fool me three times. Like how many times did she have to be fooled <laughs> where she just kept going back again and again and again and getting the same treatment over and over right. and over again, and then sit there and cry like, you know, she's the victim, like, sure, she was part of the victim. But after a certain amount of time, um, I know she got into like drugs and alcohol and there was some depression there yeah. and, you know, some, some, uh, mental instability there. Uh, however, I just, I don't understand. And maybe cause I've never been through it, but I don't understand how she just kept going back. And then wants our sympathy for it, when that was a decision that she made, we're all grown adults. We make our decisions on our own. If we make bad decisions, then we pay the consequences. If we don't, then, you know, we, we live a happy life, but I mean, that's, that was her decision on what she was doing. I don't know why she was trying to play the victim. Um, I mean, she still is a bit of a victim, if you think about it. Like, he manipulated her into thinking that she was going to gain something out of this that clearly he was never going to deliver on. She was too naive or too potentially mentally ill to, like, really realize what was done to her. 
So I have a little bit more empathy from her, I think, than you do. Um, you know, I think you're the make your bed, you lay in it kind of person where I, I have a little bit more probably empathy than, <laughs> than you do for, for this yeah. one. Well, I mean, like I, I'm, I'm looking at it from a standpoint of we worship these celebrities. We worship uh, everything they do and we let them get away with things. Um, case in point, uh, I'm not going to name names right now. Um, but recently there was a, an actress that is in uh, probably brain dead right now, but got into some trouble. Um, and, you know, online, you just see like, oh, what a what a great woman this person was and this woman, blah, blah, blah. You know, like they're just praising this woman um, in a time where, you know, there was potential for her to actually hurt innocent bystanders. Um, and if you look at it, if it were somebody like myself that did something like that, who's lived a pretty quiet and a good life, you know, people would be like, well, that was your choice. You decided to get behind the, 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 wheel, uh, the wheel of a car while you were drinking or doing drugs or doing whatever. So you live with your, you know, whatever you did. However, you know, somebody like this gets, you know, oh, I feel sorry for her. So that, that's the way I look at it on a grand scheme of things, because people who are in mainstream media or kind of have a celebrity status, get preferential treatment over people that don't. I can see your point of view. Yeah. So that, that's just how I thought about it with, uh, with her. That's how, that's where I'm coming from on that side. Fair um, so you're entitled to your opinion. So most of the times it's right, but you know, Oh my God. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, uh, we get into Charlotte, um, going through all of this stuff. She's telling her story on how she would write newspapers. She would be researching all of this stuff. Like his website and how these photos were going up. She started contacting all of these uh, women, these uh, victims and finding out like, how did this picture get up there? Did you know, send it to an ex-boyfriend and girlfriend? Um, how did this all happen? And we come to find out that I believe the number was 40% that mm -hmm. never sent the photo to anyone. They were only yeah. emailing the photo to themselves. So there's something behind this, like why is a photo in my email getting uploaded to a site that nobody has access? Um, so she started to put two and two together and started to say, hey, you know what? There is probably a hacker that's involved in this. And this is what's happening right now, because there's no way that these people all have the same exact story. Yeah. And there's nothing behind the story for them. Like it, there's something's got to give here. Um, so she contacted the FBI and I think the FBI blew it off at the first chance yes. when they first started talking to them, um, and told her like, by law, he's doing nothing wrong. There's really nothing we can do. There isn't a law for it. Um, like, what do you want us to do? They kept Unless the file. You can prove that he's hacking, that he's hacking and taking the photos illegally. Then there's really nothing you can do. He's allowed to post or people are allowed to post on his website. That's the free domain of the internet. Right. So they kept the file open, but really not open kind of thing. Um, and they just kept it on the back burner um, until I believe um, a, a Marine found out about the website. Um, his mm. name was James McGibney. Um, he was a, a U.S. Marine, and he also owned a website called bullyville.com. Uh, so he befriended Hunter and he started to talk to Hunter because this guy, this Marine guy had all of these, he worked for the anti-terrorism squad, I believe mm -hmm. in the, in the Marines. 
He also had uh, other companies that he was doing uh, kind of online security for. Yeah, cyber terrorism. Yeah, cyber terrorism. Yeah. Um, so he started to be friends with with Hunter, um, not like real friends, but he was pretending to be friends with Hunter. Um, so Hunter had contacted him and said, hey, do you want to start advertising your companies on my website? You know, it'll be this much money to do this. And this is where, you know, Hunter was making his money as well from advertisements. Mm-hmm. Apparently he was making 13 grand a month uh, doing this uh, through advertising. And he reluctantly kind of agreed to it. Um, over the course of time, they became friends with quotations and ended up that he got access, James got access to the website from Hunter. Now, he knows his technology in and out, this guy, and Mm -hmm. he goes through all of these photos and he looks at the data behind each photo. And in the data, he finds, I don't know how you find this because I'm not that kind of technologically (laughs) savvy. Yeah. Um, But he was able to find out that some of the girls that were posted on his website were not the age that they were saying. They were like 15 years old. He started to tell uh, Hunter Moore that, you know, you're going to go down for this because there's a lot of um, uh, pedophilia on here. Like there's, um, you're going to be branded a pedophile. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, and it's illegal because these girls are not of age. So now it makes it child pornography. Right. So uh, he keeps telling them, hey, you're going to go down for this. You're going to go down for this. So how we're going to do this is I can get you out of this. No problem. Free and clear. No problem. I will buy the domain from you. I don't want your content. I just want to buy the domain from you and you can get rid of all of your content and we'll redirect your domain. And he ended up selling him the website for $12,000. Now that $12,000 redirected the website to bullyville.com. Hunter was also supposed to write a, an apology to everybody that would be posted on bullyville.com right on the front page. And um, I, I don't remember if he did he do that, did he it, was, but he didn't mean any of it. Yeah. So he, he was a pretty good actor because uh, he sold a really good bill of goods during this phase of when they took it over, but it comes back with a vengeance. Yeah. So, I mean, at least that website was taken down and people were, you know, ecstatic because, you know, Charlotte actually, you know, took a look and said, okay, the pictures were gone. It's up on Bullyville blah, 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 blah. You know, James actually had contacted Charlotte and said he was going to help her. So this was all behind the scenes that Hunter had no idea what was going on. After this all happens, Hunter goes back onto Twitter and says, don't worry, we'll be coming back with even worse stuff. So he still had access to all of this material that was up on isanyoneup.com. And then um, I believe he started posting some more stuff. Uh, on another website. Uh, I don't think it got to the extent of is anyone up.com, but he started to, to post some more stuff online. Yeah. And he was partying a ton and like he DJs as well. Um, and so like, he just kept bragging and bragging, bragging about how the number two version was going to be so much worse. And um, the, at that point, I think the I can't remember why, how the FBI got ranged, um, but they were tracking all of this. Um, I don't think it was that they got, I don't think that they got re-engaged. I think what was happening is the proof came out that there was hacking going on. Like it it took them that long. They said it was going to take years to try and kind of get down to uh, if the hacking was actually taken place or not. Um, And they found out that there, there was actually email contact. Now the hacker's name was Charles Evans. Uh, There was actually contact between Charles Evans and uh, Hunter Moore. 
um, and he was being paid to actually go in, break into people's email accounts and then steal all of their pictures. So what would happen is- And it was is, leaving behind like an email address that was consistent from each, right. like each person. So he was gaining access to their accounts by whatever reset password or something, however he was getting in. He would, he email would add, address yeah, he would add a secondary account. Yeah, he'd add a secondary account so that he would have access. Even if you changed your password, he would still have access to your account because it was a secondary email account on there. Uh, pretty smart, but the uh, FBI, the district attorney, they all figured that out. So they were able to do uh, um, get him on on that. So they figured out that he did do the hacking. He did pay somebody to do the hacking, sorry. Um, and that he's not actually responsible for the hacking. It was this Chris or Charles Evans guy that was responsible for the hacking. And it ended up going to court. Um, the website actually stayed up for 16 months. And that's that's a lot of time for it to do a lot of damage to a lot of people. Uh, mm -hmm. Thinking back in the day, like now we use the internet for everything. We use it for jobs. We use it for, you know, like the resumes. We use it for our social media posts. We use it like we use it for everything. Uh, and that picture is out there. And then once one person gets a hold of it, it takes nothing to just download that photo and spread it all over the place. So it was ending up on other websites as well. So, you know, it professional life ruiner is a pretty good, I guess, uh, moniker for this guy. Mm -hmm. um, this did make it to trial, although he did plead guilty to get a lesser mm -hmm. sentence. And he was sentenced to two years and six months in prison. He was also sent uh, fined $2,000 and paid $145.70 in restitution which I think is so ridiculous uh, in the amount that he was supposed to pay. But again, I think they were more after a prison sentence. It's better than getting nothing. Uh, if they went to trial, there was no guarantee that he was going to get, uh, you know, charged with anything or, you know, found guilty of anything. Uh, the $2,000 fine is a slap in the face. The $145.70 is a slap in the face. Uh, he ended up being released from prison in 2017. So that was pretty much Hunter Moore's story, but it does get a little bit weirder near the end. Uh, with the um, uh, James McGivney, the, the Marine who has the bullyville.com, he actually said, and you, you see him actually type it out to him, or he says it online or whatever. After he had taken over the website, he now claimed that James McGivney was a pedophile. Uh, because he had access to those photos and all of that stuff. And then he threatened to rape his wife, uh, which was, kids. yeah, which is a big mistake because uh, that was just kind of a defamation. I was like, yeah, like, come on. First off, I wouldn't have wanted to screw with that. And then secondly, um, there was a court case filed against him and James McGibney won a $250,000 lawsuit against him for uh, the harassment and um, what, it, what I don't know what they call it. It was calling him a pedophile. So it was kind of defamation uh, against him and his character uh, being an ex-Marine. Um, and, and I guess that's what happened with him. So being released in 2017, this guy's out again. He is living with his parents. Um, my kind of question to this is where were his parents and all of this? Like, I mean, they were, they were kind of backing him. They were allowing this to happen and they were, they weren't, you know, saying anything to try to get him to stop as far as we know, like it looked like his, I mean, they don't build them out and they, he, they he let opted him out of, he opted out of doing the interview. So he didn't really get to tell his side. I'm assuming his parents likely declined the interview. They didn't want to exacerbate the story anymore. So for all we know, 
because they don't really explain it um, at all where his parents' role is. But when, when you're in your 20s and you're acting like a buffoon like he was, I'm sure your mom and dad are probably trying to get you to calm down. Either that or they're oblivious, right? And they had no idea that any of this was going on. Um, and, you know, until he did his TV appearance and made himself look like a complete idiot. Um, so I don't know. It's hard to say. We They don't really tell us why his parents or what his parents did. I'm assuming, I would hope to God, that they would have tried to talk some sons into him at some point. But they don't really let it on. No, they don't. But um, I mean, I guess my final thoughts on this is, you know, we, we sat there and we were just like, I don't believe how something like this could happen. I, I think we live in little bubbles. We know there are evil things that happen on the internet or stuff that you're not privy to see it happen. I mean, we've had, I've had my email account hacked before mm-hmm. uh, where they were sending out emails to uh, the team that I was coaching. They were sending out emails to the parents uh, saying that I was stuck in you know London and somewhere. I needed money to get back home. And they started calling me and saying like, is everything Okay. I was like, what are you talking about? And they were like, well, we're getting emails from you saying, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. So they literally went in and changed one letter in my email address. That was extremely hard to see with the naked eye to actually see that the email address had been changed. So they're pretty smart about it, but um, we don't see it on this grand stage the way it was in this documentary. Uh, So we're kind of oblivious to it. So when we see something like this on TV or on a documentary online or wherever we're watching it, it's just very shocking and surprising that things like this happen. Um, but and I'm not even sure that like any new laws have really been created to help victims of stuff like this, where in fact they did not. There are, there are. So revenge are porn okay. is now illegal. Um, Charlotte is actually an advocate for this kind of stuff and she's still working on it. She, I believe she was either a like mayor or some kind of counselor where she was. She served two terms. Uh, she got some laws passed. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So like things did happen because of it. But to think that this guy single handedly created a whole genre himself uh, yeah. on the internet says something about how lax the laws were on online. Yeah. yeah, very true. So I mean, at the end of the day, I think this this documentary uh, was an eye opener for us to see kind of the stuff that's happening online. And not that we're naive and don't know that things are happening. But just a look at how it's happening and how things started. I, I think, you know, I was Careful having a conversation. You share your stuff with. Yes. I think I had a conversation uh, the other day with somebody and they said, do you actually remember this happening when it happened? And I said, I do. I actually remember oh, really? this uh, over yeah, 10 that's... years ago. However, we kind of back it out of our minds because so much more has happened in that time frame. I mean, we've been through yeah. COVID. We've, you know, all kinds of things have happened since then. So you kind of put that on the back burner in your brain and, and there it is. Right. And then this happens and then you're like, I do you remember that? Yeah. Um, so it was, it was an interesting documentary. What are your final thoughts? Uh, yeah. Just be careful who you share your information with. Um, you know, the internet's no joke, so don't mistreat it or treat it lightly. Um, I mean, it's only three episodes. So if you, you know, you need a short little binge night on something to watch, um, you'll definitely hate this guy what I walked away with is a total douchebag and deserved more than what he got in my opinion. But, you know, hopefully what goes around comes around and, you know, he gets his eventually. Well, you're either going to hate him or you're going to love him. Like a lot of his followers did a lot of his followers. Once he sold the website actually turned against him and called him a sellout and you know, all this stuff. And I I don't know. I don't know. Like at the end of the day, I, I, I said to, you know, if this were, 
my daughter, we don't have kids, but if this were my daughter or my wife or whatever it was, but there I, were guys on this too. Don't forget. Like I know. He, I, know yeah. I know. But if it was anybody that I knew, I, I wouldn't be going after this guy online. Like the whole thing was, is he had a hacker that could hack into their system too. So if, if Charlotte was going against them, all of a sudden Charlotte saw things happening on her computer, you know, you're going after him. You have to keep things quiet um, and do things behind the scenes so that nobody knows he has no idea who I am. He has no what's happening. So you, you have your own keep, revenge plot. You have your own revenge plots, but it, it's just, you know, it, it gets into this whole bullying topic of being mm-hmm. a bully online. And he admits to being a bully and blah, blah, blah. I don't know how but sincere he is with he's it. He's freaking but, proud of it. That's yeah. the, that's the creepy part yeah. is he's proud of the fact that he's a freaking. Well, sitting on those shows, there was a uh, Dr. Drew, I believe he was on and some Anderson Cooper, Anderson Cooper and all yeah. this stuff. And he was sitting there with a smirk on his face and laughing and saying, you know, I, I don't care what I'm doing. It's there's nothing wrong with it. And these girls are doing their own thing and people are uploading photos. It's not me that's doing it. And until you yeah, find out. No that made, yeah. So uh, I, I think the documentary was really well done. Um, I would have loved to hear his side of the story as well, just to get, you know, usually with a documentary, it's one-sided. You want to hear both sides of the story. Of course, this guy got what he was, you know, deserving of getting, but I still would have wanted to hear what he had to say and have some kind of, uh, um, well, I wanted to see what he wanted to say just to have a rebuttal with say like Charlotte, say they would have like a split screen and she could counteract what was saying and say like, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. So whatever he's saying, we can tell, okay, he's lying about that or he's not lying. Maybe he was telling the truth about a few things, but we don't know, right? Because we didn't get his side of the story. What he did was morally wrong. What he did was, was not illegal apparently until the hacking started. But I want to hear what his side of the story is on that. We heard a little bit of about it in the documentary as he talked on the talk show. I don't really have anything. I'm not interested in what he has no. to say. I don't know. I, I always like to hear both sides of the story. I just, you know, and then I can draw my own conclusion. We've already drawn a conclusion on this guy. Yeah, We've the guy's a douchebag. Like a douchebag. So um, that's not the issue. I just want to see what his side of the story was to do get a rebuttal. You just want to see him dig a bigger hole? I do. I kind of do. Okay. Yeah, I okay. want to see him dig a bigger hole. And okay. then, because we'll sit there and we'll yell at the screen and say, what an idiot. Well. Like, well, why, you know, so. As we do in most documentaries. Yeah, yeah, so. Uh, so that's going to wrap up this edition. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this one. Check out that documentary. I think well done. Uh, thank you to Mrs. Awesome for filling in on this episode. Uh, again, Happy you can help. always find our, our show on Instagram and Twitter at pod jerky. You can also find us on our link tree. That's L I N K T R dot E E forward slash pod jerky, as well as our bite size. That's B Y T E S I Z E dot M E forward slash pod jerky. As always, stay safe, be kind to each other, and we will see you later. Pod jerky.